Welcome to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. I'm glad you've made the connection and are with us today. I'm Lori Fitz, your host, and the goal of our show is to explore a wide range of topics that challenge us to see ourselves, our community, and the world around us in ways that get us thinking, get us imagining, get us connected in new ways. And because we're connected, we're making some changes and we're moving forward. So our topic today is part two of Inward Bound. Our life can change on a dime. Everything we know changes. And in those moments, we could stand still and just feel overwhelmed. Or we can make a decision. We can act. And in the pushing forward and making intentional decisions, we can receive gifts. They're often not what we expected or were in our plans, but they're the gifts of the journey. So last week and today... We have, we're going to, we have been uh, talking with Adrienne Jordan. We're going to talk with her again today about her journey. We traveled with Adrienne over this last year to hear her story of discovery. And last week we went um, from fall through winter. And this week we're going to go from spring, summer, and getting ready for fall 2020. Welcome, Adrienne. Good morning, Lori. Thank you, thank you, thank you for having me back again. I had such a wonderful time with you. You are such a a wonderful host, and I'm just so grateful to have the opportunity to share well, uh, the rest of my journey. Well, it's a gift for me to have you on the show and to hear your journey and to um, to make the discoveries. Uh, last week yeah. was was just wonderful to hear all the different things that you needed to process and, and how you made those decisions and how you moved forward. I also want to mention to the folks who weren't with us last week that um, Adrian Jordan is a senior consultant for the Prouty Project. She specializes in strategic planning and leadership development. And for more information on Prouty Project, go to proudyproject.com. But getting back to Adrian, Adrian, I bring this up because – Last fall, you were really in the doing, doing, doing place. You were mm-hmm. getting ready for creating a leadership for women retreat for mm-hmm. Proudy Project. And you had everything planned out. You had your to-do list all created and you were ready to go and something hit. Tell me about that. Yes. Yes. And we talked about how I was living my very best life, Lori. And uh, then – found, uh, through the process of putting on a sports bra, found a lump uh, and was then diagnosed with stage two breast cancer um, and went through uh, nine months of cancer treatment at Mayo. So my life turned upside down. We talked about how my schedule cleared and my perspective got very narrow uh, in terms of, okay, I need to figure out a way to live. And once I understand that, I need to believe that all will be okay. And once I understand that, I need to really understand how I thrive through uh, this diagnosis and treatment and back to life with a new perspective uh, and a new experience to share. Cancer can make us really vulnerable in so many mm-hmm. ways. Um, ultimately, I think when we have that pause button, when the calendar got cleared, there's the deeper why am I here and what's my purpose because I'm not sure how much time and time takes on a different dimension as well. But yeah. I believe that also when you're dealing with that pain is that you do start to discover what deeper purpose is. I agree. And when you think about why am I here and how much time do I have here, I also had this deep belief that um, there was a a lesson in all of this. And I took that so seriously around this is happening for whatever reason, whatever experience I need to have in in this life to be uh, a a more evolved and transformed person. And so from the, from the second I decided that was, uh, that it was a lesson that really changed my lens around how I walked through it. 
and and change my lens. And we talked a lot about this last week and uh, about vulnerability and asking for help. And I, I do believe deeply one of the lessons was I need to learn how to ask for help and not navig- try to navigate this world on my own. When you've been writing about it, and I've, I've had the privilege of looking at your journals as you've been just trying to take what you've experienced and put into words for yourself, a, a theme that comes up in your writing is, and so I leapt. Mm-hmm. And in the decision, there is this mm-hmm. feeling of like you're at the edge of a cliff and mm-hmm. it doesn't feel natural to leap. But also, mm-hmm. as I read how you put, and so I leapt, there was like a dance-like quality too. That, mm-hmm. okay, if I'm going to leap, I'm going to leap like a dancer. <laughs> I'm going to claim it. I'm going to do it with style. Um, tell me about that. Tell me about and so I leapt because that that's a recurring I, theme. I, I I I love this dance like quality that you that you brought in, and I I like visualizing what that looks like. And my faith is really the foundation of who I am, and I truly believe that every change that happens, every circumstance, every situation presents us with this opportunity to take a leap of faith. And so whether it's a small leap of faith, like, should I take a walk today, even though it looks like it's going to rain, I'm going to take a leap of faith, that's the clouds will hold, or it's this big leap of faith that I've been diagnosed with cancer, and I'm going to decide to leap into it ask people for help and thrive and learn the lesson in it. And so I just really loved exploring and playing with this idea of everything is a leap of faith and um, everything is a lesson or a blessing. And, and so I, 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 as I started thinking about my journey, I really do believe it was small leaps of faith, big leaps of faith, um, and God's grace along the way. And as you were dealing with the cancer, you shared last week that I think is also really important is that you you had the sense of the coworkers took on different connections with you, that mm-hmm. here you've been self-sufficient, you know, leader of the pack in many ways of getting things done, and, and now you need their help. And that became um, a leap also. A leap and also just opening up. You know, the vulnerability yes. gives a place to open and, and, and connect in a different way. And it I thought, does. Go for it. Oh, well, and I was going to say, we, as we were thinking about um, our women's leadership program and the very baby, uh, we talked about that we were building, vulnerability was a key piece of that because we talked about authentically connecting and, and being able to do that meaningfully. You have to be vulnerable. And so just seeing life and and work and what we were doing kind of interchangeably uh, walking through um, last year was really interesting to see how we could how we could model vulnerability feel it and understand it as well as teach it and what I love is that we we ended last week with and you know this great retreat that you're able to you know connect with people in new deeper ways but we didn't get to spring no <laughs> <laughs> and spring gave yet another opportunity um, to have your world change and to take a look at a a deeper issue. And in the spring, we all Mm -hmm. know that we we experienced the George Floyd murder. And it hit hard. Tell me about that. It did. It did. And so, you know, we hung up last week, Lori, and we're like, wait, we didn't talk about that you're a black woman in America we didn't even get to that and so uh that is a large part of how my experience um has been experienced is by being a black woman in America and more specifically by being a black woman in America in Minneapolis Minnesota at the same time that George Floyd is killed here so epicenter of a real racial, social unrest that's coming on the heels of me uh, really walking through 
nine months of cancer treatment. And so I, you know, I, I talk about this series of small miracles where I made it through chemo and drove every week with a, a special friend, a different friend every week with no incident. We had a couple of snow storms, but nothing really big. And I made it into surgery right before, three days before COVID shut down surgeries at Mayo. And uh, I made it through radiation driving every day, three weeks. And so May 19th. I did my last radiation treatment, rung the bell, and I thought to myself, you know, and you've heard this story before, Lori, where I feel, okay, I did it. I'm in balance. Things are looking up. I'm through the bad time. (laughs) I'm ready now. Ready. Ready I got my purpose. (laughs) I'm moving forward. Life is good. I almost think I even, just like last time, shared with the team, let's go. We can do this. I'm 100%. Let's move forward. Let's go. And May 25th, George Floyd is murdered. And again, uh, I am now at the heels of lots of trauma around healing from cancer and, and avoiding COVID at all costs. And then right in the middle of racial unrest. Tell me how And you, murder tell- of a person who looks like my dad and my uncles and my brothers and my, and my nephews and cousins and friends. Tell me how you heard about it. Uh, it was definitely CNN. I'm a, a big CNN fan. And so hearing about it is unreal. And I still haven't watched the video of the entire video because I can't, I can't. And I, and I say that because I think I'm still very fragile. And I talked with my nurse at Mayo um, when I did my checkup for radiation and she just, I said, I don't know. I haven't been stressed at all except for when George Floyd and all of that happened and all of the things around it. And she said, and I said, that's not cancer related. And she said, yeah, it could be because you've just had a really big fight. And so your body is really trying to heal and you're so fragile. And so um, when I hear about it, I'm so fragile and I can't watch the video and I'm crying. And I, and I just, it, it, to me, it just feels like over and over. And if you remember at that same time, Ahmaud Arbery and Breonna Taylor and uh, Christian Cooper, who can't, who's walking, and you know, who's bird watching. And it just all came to a head. And so as I think about my year, that, that period of time was the most difficult for me. Cancer of any of COVID, it was the George Floyd period of time. That was really, really hard. Well, there, there starts to be a, I think, a realization that racism is cancerous and Mm. what is the cancer of racism that needs to be addressed, that it is overwhelming and we've dealt with it for 400 years or not Mm -hmm. dealt with it Mm -hmm. for 400 Mm -hmm. years. And it's, it can be painful to address on so many levels, but the healing I believe comes with addressing it, you know, with being able to go, I need to do something. And with that, I need to have us take a break. (laughs) And on our next segment, I want to talk with you about what you did to start to process it. Because I think there were some really important things that uh, you allowed yourself to open up and think about and had had some support in thinking about it. So we'll, we'll come back and we'll hear more from Adrian Jordan, who is from the Prouty Project. And she does leadership and strategic planning. She's amazing. And she's sharing her journey with us today. So stay with us. Hi, this is Matt McNeil. Today, with the uncertainty going on, we're all looking to find a way to make our dollar go further. That's why I suggest your next vehicle is a Toyota from Rudy Luther Toyota. Not only do I have a newer Toyota, I also have a 2006 Sienna, and it still runs great. 14 years and 170,000 miles later. I love Toyotas, and they're made to last, and they have never let me down. And with maintenance from Rudy Luther, your vehicle will take care of you and save even more money with the Luther Advantage card with your vehicle purchase. Rudy Luther Toyota at 394 and 169 west of Minneapolis. 
This is New Beginnings, hosted by award-winning broadcaster and speaker, Freddie Bell. Freddie, this generation of the baby boomers, people are living longer, so the baby boomers are taking care of elderly parents. Let's talk about your health, and specifically, let's talk about Medicare. Our show features the concerns of America's 78 million baby boomers in employment, finance, health and nutrition, and even entertainment. Join us for New Beginnings, Saturday mornings at 11, brought to you in part by Vision Loss Resources. Even though these are challenging times, All Energy Solar is still committed to providing you a cost-effective, environmentally friendly energy system through their zero-contact protocol. Solar remains a great value and long-term investment, but some of the incentive programs will be expiring soon. All Energy Solar can walk you through the entire process. They can evaluate your property by phone or webinar and can even complete preliminary design work without visiting your home. So start saving on your energy bill today and visit allenergysolar.com. Why must the world be so cold? They've gone against what was told. Thinking rape is cool? Think about it. They think it's not wrong. Violence against women? The rape? The abuse? The emotional? Physical? They all hold the hate. Think about it. Is it right or wrong? What attracts you? I'm not saying no names, but you laugh. Talk about it like nothing is wrong? Think about it. They all hold the hate? Gotta stop the violence. Stop the hate? Think about it. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Being in the Army National Guard is about more than just serving your country. It's about being there for your community when your neighbors need you most. The Army National Guard makes college affordable. Serving part-time lets you attend school full-time while you take advantage of education benefits that can help you graduate debt-free. If a civilian career is your goal, serving part-time allows you to work at a full-time job. The skills, qualities, and contacts you'll develop in the Guard can open doors to a great civilian career. Want to serve but worried about being away from friends and family? Part-time service in the Army National Guard allows you to serve close to home. Serving in the Army National Guard lets you have the life you want while you enjoy the many benefits of serving your community and nation. You owe it to yourself to learn more about how the Army National Guard can fit into your life. Visit NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Minnesota Army National Guard. Aired by the Minnesota Broadcasters Association and this station. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show. And this week we're going inward bound with Adrienne Jordan. She is revisiting us, coming back after last week (laughs) and sharing more about her journey. Uh, And we're so grateful that you're taking the time to share with us about your journey and dealing with cancer, dealing with sense of purpose, and now dealing with pain in last spring's <sighs> racial injustice, you know, being shared in so many different stories and in, in such heartfelt ways. In dealing with pain, we have the choice to find a deeper purpose in moving us forward. And you've done that. You've you've looked for what does this mean, and you've leapt with faith um, mm-hmm. to move forward. In some of your journals, you've shared about working with your coworkers to help mm-hmm. make sense of this, and I'd love to have you you share about that experience. Yeah, I I, I really do want to share about that, and I also want to just react to uh, what you said before we uh-huh. left the break because I, I loved that around cancer of racism Mm -hmm. and as I think about that parallel had you know had I found out last year that I had cancer and decided not to do anything about it (laughs) where would I be this time this year and I, I just love the idea of thinking of it in terms of we have to do something about it Mm -hmm. we cannot let it remain and it has to be pretty drastic. So I went through chemo and radiation and surgery. I mean, we really went aggressively towards fighting this insidious disease. And that's the same approach that we really need to take with racism. And I just, I really, I really appreciate that, Lori. So thank you. Absolutely. And what a lot of people don't know about the treatment is that it almost kills you. Um, the yeah. point is to, and sometimes the the treatment feels 
more painful than what you were dealing with with, mm-hmm. with cancer. You may not have ever really mm-hmm. felt mm-hmm. a discomfort with cancer. It's just something that you learn to live with. But in going into treatment, it, you're uh, essentially it, you have to wipe out everything that's in there to help the healthy grow back. Yep. In, in a way You're that poisoning. Can, yeah, it, it yeah. is a poison. And it, and it's a poison and a surgery. It's yeah. a removal. It's a stop of everything. It's a removal of all of the bad things. And I, I just really love that. So with that in mind, yeah. um, you know, I'm walking into a workplace and we talked about, I love the Proudy Project. We talked lots about Proudy uh-huh. and the unbelievable support. Um, walking into a workplace that is all white. I am the only person of color on staff. We did have um, Ruben Rodriguez was with us and then went to Target just for an um, unbelievable opportunity, um, who was from Dominican Republic. So I am walking into an office of very, very good, well-intentioned people um, who are all white in a time where there is a real reckoning around whiteness and white privilege, and white supremacy, and anti-racism. And so that is the stage that is set. And and there are, within our office, uh, varying degrees of awareness and understanding of those issues, myself included. And so as all of this stuff is happening, um, I really... I personally said I need, I got a deluge of emails and phone calls and reach outs from um, any person who had, any white person who had known me saying, hey, what do you think? What should we do? <laughs> and so I felt a strong responsibility to um, really be informed. And because I've lived a black experience doesn't mean I have an informed experience of all black people. Absolutely. Because we are not all the same, right? Right. And so, and, but that's I, often a pressure that's put on absolutely. friends and family. Absolutely. <laughs> well, tell me absolutely. what to think, and and just I'll do whatever you tell me to do, and I'll I'll right. I promise I'll do it right. Just tell me what to do so that I can do it right. Yeah, and and, and I don't want to say the wrong thing, and right. I don't want right. to look like I'm racist or any of those things, and so. Um, and if I'm so, connected to you, that means I'm not a racist, right? Right. I'm not a racist. My proximity <laughs> makes me not racist, exactly. right? And, and that's, that's not true. So here – Well, there's, there's here, just so much systemized, <laughs> systematic into our culture that we – it's unconscious how it's just uh, – it's an unconscious bias that just grows. And until you address it and go, oh, no, I have to rewire my brain and address <laughs> – that there are things that have been accepted that you know, are harmful. Well, have you seen that um, podcast for, with Ibram uh, Kendi and Brene Brown? And oh, yeah. they talk about the rain of racism yeah. and racist ideas and that you're in the rain and you don't even know. Exactly. Like, so there's, you know, there's this, you're drenched in racism, uh, a life in racist America, you know, and then you don't even know you need an umbrella. Right. And then when you get the umbrella, then you're like, oh, man, (laughs) we were in it. Racism was definitely in the rain and in the air. And we now have this period of time where there's a reckoning of, all right, now we know that there have been real racist systems and policies in place since the beginning of America um, and before. Right. So how do we now, what is our responsibility now individually and collectively to dismantle and uh, go against and, and do the surgery and the chemo and the whatever we need to do to get it out of the air? And I think what and can, that is, oh, yeah, no, no, I was just going to say, I think what can happen is that because it's been with us for 400 years, if we look at 1619, it's sort of the beginning. Mm-hmm. There are folks that I think look at it and go, well, that happened a long time ago. I mean, it's mm-hmm. different now, right? So it's not my fault. So why are we? Why are you mad at me? And it's, it becomes a very self-centered <laughs> reflection of, <laughs> mm-hmm. of reacting because no one wants to feel guilt or shame. 
But what I try and make bridges of um, connection when we're talking about that is when I talk to with my white friends is you may have not done anything, but you certainly benefited from the system. Of course. And that's just what we need to look at is you've benefited. So how do we create a new system that more people could benefit from? Because when we all do, I think the last segment guest said, when we all do better, we all do better. Yeah. And And it's it's powerful. And uh, it's something that, that again, if you move from a scarcity mentality to mm -hmm. an abundance, abundance mentality. There's no reason mm-hmm. that the pie is only limited. You can make the pie bigger. <laughs> you can make the pie bigger. It, it, here's, here's something that we talked about just uh, a couple of uh, colleagues, and I'll get back to kind of what we did at Proud because I do think it's important to talk about that, but I love that we're just kind of exploring this a little bit. Um, really talked with a colleague about, all right, so why wouldn't people want all to do better and why wouldn't you be anti-racist and I think there's this certain um, level of maybe having to give up that privilege Mm -hmm. and it will cost you something if in fact you really stand on that privilege it's a threat Um, so if things are going to change will they change for the worse for me for me. And if someone else is doing better, does that mean I'll do worse? Right. And I think that for me comes back to that scarcity. We only have a limited mm-hmm. pie. And if we change the pie, that means I'm going to have to give up something and my piece gets smaller. Instead yep. of, you know, we can bake a bigger one. What's a bigger pie? <laughs> Let's just, There's lots of, we, we can get a bigger pan and, and we can make a it. really good and it'll even taste better. And That'd it's be awesome. Re- <laughs> and we'll get more people that will enjoy the pie. We can I, do this. I, right. We can do this. Right. Who doesn't like pie? Let's I love pie. I want to share I pie. pie. I want everyone to love their pie and we can do this. Oh my gosh. But uh, it, it comes geez. down to, but I'll get a smaller sliver. No, you won't. You don't I have won't. to. It, it, you're, no one's coming after you. We just want the system to be more fair so that everyone can enjoy the privileges that are that we all deserve because we were – according to our document and of our idea of this country was that we're all created mm-hmm. equal. The yeah. idea – we need to keep finding out what does that mean? What does equality mean? What does mean? that mean? Yeah. What and, does equity mean? Right. Right. And so as we think about um, privilege and whiteness and uh, all of those things, you know, I'm walking into the Prouty Project who, um, like I said, there were varying levels of people who had kind of even known or were aware of this idea of privilege or white privilege Mm -hmm. and whiteness. And I certainly hadn't done a lot of study about it because I just knew that it existed. I didn't do the research to have the facts. And so as things started really falling apart here in Minneapolis around uh, uh, Lake Street and um, all of the things that were happening with the police um, precinct, you know, we had to have some, some, some real conversations about how we were all feeling. And so. And uh, with that, my friend. Once oh. again, I need to insert, <laughs> sure. and I need to have our audience stay with us because it's a good story. <laughs> Going to stay with us, but I got to take a break. So yeah. when we get back, I want to hear about dealing with the conversations and the understandings and the growth that occurred within your office. But then I also want to talk about your family because there's some yeah. really important things that happen there too. So stay with us as we go inward bound with our friend Adrian Jordan from the Prouty Project. And if you want more information on the Prouty Project, it's proudyproject.com. Clockwork is an experienced design and technology agency, which means they help transform businesses around the globe by connecting people, processes, and technology. They bridge the gap between marketing and technology to put people at the heart of digital solutions, transforming how your customers interact with your brand. Clockworks Technology Consulting, Experience Design, and Software Development Expertise 
makes them a full-service digital partner to help you design your customer experience, build an app, or connect all of your digital properties into one seamless system. If you're in need of major tech updates but aren't sure where to start, they'll help you figure that out, too. To learn more about how they've helped other businesses make digital transformation less painful, visit clockwork.com slash radio. Clockwork, digital done right. Hi, this is Chad from AM950. With the recent round of storms that came through the Twin Cities, some of you may have sustained damage to your roofing, siding, or windows. Call Snap Construction, the company we trust, to see if you sustain damage. Snap Construction is arguably the most well-reviewed roofing, siding, and window company in the metro. Ryan, how are you able to help people that may have had damage from these storms? Well, Chad, with experience, we've helped thousands of Minnesotans with their storm damage claims. If you suspect your home has damage or was denied in the past, give us a call for your free inspection. It can take up to a year for hail and wind damage to reveal itself. The insurance process can be complicated. We make it easy. We use the same costing software that all insurance companies rely on. As always, we stand behind our work with a lifetime craftsmanship guarantee. Don't wait. Call us for your free estimate or inspection today. 612-333-SNAP. 612-333-SNAP. Hi, this is Laura. These are indeed confusing times. So much of our life, education, business meetings have moved online, yet not everyone has Internet access. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, is here for everyone. Radio reaches people without Internet. In fact, radio reaches more Americans than any other platform. 92% of U.S. adults listen to radio every week. Radio connects. If you know some organization, maybe a religious or civic group, seeking to engage and knows that a Zoom call costs money and does not reach everyone, consider a taped or live broadcast on AM 950. Perhaps a virtual not-so-silent auction, recovery support, spiritual support, business networking, poetry slam. If you want to learn more about creating a live or taped message on AM 950, call 952-946-8885 or email laura at am950radio.com. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, here for everyone. With your AM950 weather, I'm Sam Turnberg. Today's going to be mostly sunny with a high near 86. While tonight's mostly clear with a low around 69. Tomorrow's sunny with a high near 88. Monday mostly sunny with a high near 89. And Tuesday mostly sunny with a high near 89. The Eat Local Minnesota Restaurant of the Week is Hazel's Northeast. Hazel's is back and offering some of the most creatively prepared comfort food you'll find. For lunch and dinner, there's the Swedish meatballs, wild rice gumbo, and more. Bentley owned at 29th and Johnson in Minneapolis. Make reservations at hazelsnetogo.com. Connections Radio Show. I'm Lori Fitz, your host, and we're on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. And we've been going on an inward journey with our friend Adrian Jordan of the Prouty Project. We've been exploring her journey of dealing with cancer, cancer of the body, and now as we move into discussing racism, cancer of racism. We ended, or we were talking at the end about uh, the quote, we all do better when we all do better, and that's a Paul Wellstone quote, um, who was a senator I love dearly, um, and who had a vision that I believe is what's right for the country, how can we all do better? And you needed to process all of that with both your work and with your family. Um, Mm -hmm. So tell me about what you did at your work, what decision you made, um, what what happened? Yeah. So I decided to, to dig into the discomfort. And I thought about my work experience when I worked at Minneapolis Public Schools, where I uh, was the assistant to the superintendent, who was a black woman. And so there was this shared experience that never needed explanation. And the leadership team was chock full of diversity from all walks of life and cultures and ethnicities because that represented, that was really representative of the students that we served. And so I thought back to that, you know, just briefly, but I thought back and thought, oh, this would be so much easier if this had happened when I worked there because there wouldn't have been this level of explanation or just comfort around having to explain why certain things are important or 
why we need to pay attention to this differently. And so, um, so there was this brief moment of, oh, this would be so much easier if I wasn't the only person of color in this workplace. There'd be, there'd be uh, more folks who, who kind of get it. Yeah. <laughs> it's really what just it feels like. Can I yeah. just have, you know, that sense of understanding? But understanding and space and healing and not, you know, and just getting certain things that you get from having a lived experience of a person of color. So, um, and so I dug in though, because that's not where I, I believe we are always placed where we're supposed to be at the time we're supposed to be there for a reason. And I'm quite sure, I, I bet that if you, you would have asked any of the team, they probably would have been like, it might have been more comfortable for us to if <laughs> Adrian, you know, it was just, we had been dealing with so many things and then this too. Uh, however, we all just dug in and I really want to give a shout out to Bethany Kruger and Peter Bailey on our team. Bethany is our uh, general manager and has worked for College Possible for a number of years. So she's really understanding around equity and people of color and especially around education. Um, and so she just took the lead on really making us have hard conversations as a team, watching um, the Seeing White podcast so that because our all-white team uh, may have may, may or may not have thought about whiteness and white privilege, there needed to be some language and some understanding and awareness about these concepts before we could, and at the same time, still have these hard conversations about race and racism. And, and Peter Bailey, I mentioned, Peter, he's worked all over the globe. And so he was able to really always keep bringing us to this perspective of Black Lives Matter, we need to say it. I remember there was a time uh, where we were about to send out a, just like a sales email or e-blast out before we had said anything about our support of, you know, black lives. And, you know, and at that time, if you remember every single email was we support black lives. And, and so Peter really raised the flag and said, Hey, we need to make a statement before we send anything else out. And I really appreciate about that. And I think that's my uh, real appreciation of the time is that all of my life I've lived in predominantly white neighborhoods, gone to predominantly white schools. And a lot of the times I'm the only black person in the room. And it is, really hard to have to hold the responsibility and discomfort of racism. And that's what I would do before, before now. And it was so nice to see that there were other white people willing to say, no, this is, we've got to, I'm going to share the responsibility and the discomfort. I'm willing to get in there with you on this. And so I think our whole team was willing to do that. However, I think Bethany and Peter really had the, had done some work before to, uh, to recognize it and understand what was happening and, and to what, be able to, to jump in. And what strikes me is when you share this, it reminds me of the multicultural, multi-generational, um, the, the reaction to George Floyd, which was, it is all of our responsibility, which I mm-hmm. felt was a huge turning point in addressing Black Lives Matter. Totally agree. I totally agree. I, I feel like there is this now shared sense of instead of asking me, like we talked about, Aaron, what should we do? And what there's this shared responsibility now. Of, I need to figure out what's going on and what do I actually think as a person of color or a white person? who, what do I think and what am I going to do about it? And so that I think is different than any time before in my lifetime is that there was this awareness and awakening and a, okay, what do we do about it? And now there's a responsibility too. And so I, I just, I really believe that when you know better, you do better. And you're, it's your responsibility now that there's the awareness is there. Now, what are you going to do about it? What am I going to do about it? When I, um, to keep moving it forward. When I hear you talk about it, I think about um, cancer early detection and prevention. Yes. That that yep. there is a prevention quality that needs to be addressed in looking at racism. And there's also an early detection that needs to be talked about. 
And, right. And, oh, I love that. And how does that – what are some things that we all can talk about and think about and address that go, wait a minute – I want to. How can we address this differently? Because I can detect some of the systematic issues coming up again without us yeah. even realizing it, and and it can be scary uh, to talk about stuff like that. Just like early detection of, of cancer is. is a scary thing, but ultimately, <laughs> life is life is sometimes scary. But we come out we come out on the other end stronger and better as a result of going through it and transformed. I really like this idea of early detection. Yeah. And I was thinking about it as I was uh, preparing for this. I had just listened to a podcast with Malcolm Gladwell, and he was talking about how there are two conversations that we can have about. There's two ways to talk about race. The personal, do we like each other? Are we respectful of each other? All individual stuff. And then there's the, the system structural conversation we need to have about race. Is, is the system biased? Is the system fair? And he said, what we generally tend to do for so long is have that first conversation mm-hmm. and get to get out of the obligation of having the system, the second conversation. And so he said, at some point, he said, you know, I'm done caring about whether we're nice to each other. And this is very, you know, um, just totally progressive of him. He's like, I'm done caring about that. He's like, I just want the system and the structure to be fair. Right. And that's where I'm going to focus. And I thought that was really interesting because we've had a leader come speak to our team. Um, and he talked about how for 30 years, he's African-American, for 30 years, he had worked on the hearts and minds of people. I'm going to change hearts and minds, hearts and minds, hearts and minds. And he said, you know what? I'm done with hearts and minds. <laughs> <laughs> I am now is the business case for diversity. It makes sense. We all do better when we all do better. And so now that's my focus. And so as we think about early detection and what does that look like and what do we do, I'm kind of in the camp of, yeah, there's an individual responsibility. However, I'm shifting more and more to the individual responsibility is to notice what is happening in that system and do what you can within your power and individual and collective power to make sure it is taken out of the system. And so it's as simple as, are all the lowest paid people at our company people of color? Why is there is there a higher turnover rate of people of color at our company? Is anybody on the leadership at our company a person of color? It's changing the complexion of, of things that that is speaking to a systems issue and recognizing and just saying, well, not making excuses for it. Yep. It's looking at these results and saying, we don't have the results. And we are not going to blame the people of color for that. And we are going to look at the system. And studies show that frontline, great diversity, all the way up to promotion up to a director level. Mm-hmm. And then something happens at that director level that it doesn't move into the executive level. Yep. What is the not the right fit? What does fit mm-hmm. mean? What's the what secret that sauce that's not getting shared about what fit is at an executive level? And I, I think those are things that are important for everyone to start talking about in terms of what are the expectations at the executive level, how to mm-hmm. prepare for the executive level, how to be open to new ways of looking at what's the business case, which I think is brilliant. Yeah. But guess what? Um, I got to go. <laughs> got to go to break. So I want to okay. prepare the audience. Fabulous discussion. I think this is, you know, right on point I'm thinking of a dancer on point as we make our leaps Um, I want next uh, our next segment to explore you'd said George Floyd looked like your father looked like your uncle those are those are tough things to grapple with and some of your own revelations in being a parent and helping the next generation so that's what we're going to do in our next conversation in our next segment so stay with us Clockwork is an experienced design and technology agency, which means they help transform businesses around the globe by connecting people, processes, and technology. They bridge the gap between marketing and technology to put people at the heart of digital solutions, transforming how your customers interact with your brand. Clockworks Technology Consulting, Experience Design, and Software Development Expertise makes them a full-service digital partner to help you design your customer experience, build an app, 
or connect all of your digital properties into one seamless system. If you're in need of major tech updates but aren't sure where to start, they'll help you figure that out, too. To learn more about how they've helped other businesses make digital transformation less painful, visit clockwork.com slash radio. Clockwork. Digital done right. Think your company's safe? Your staff is working from home, right? As I speak, cyber criminals are mounting attacks across the country. Remember, when we're weakest, cyber criminals attack. Hi, Mark Sommerfeld from Rymark. The Rymark team is guiding our clients through these difficult times. In fact, demand has been so high, we created an easy-to-follow guide. It's yours free. Download our five steps to securely work from home now at rymarkit.com or call 651-328-8900 for a no-cost how-to discussion. Nightingale at 26th and Lindale is open for in-person service. They have a lovely socially distanced patio and interior available for safe and thoughtful dining and drinks. Nightingale has reservations via resi.com with plenty of tables and bar spots saved for walk-up reservations. Nightingale's temporary summer hours are Sunday through Thursday from 4 to 10 p.m., Friday and Saturday, 4 p.m. to midnight. Last call for full menu 30 minutes before close with curbside takeout by calling 612-354-7060. Info, menu, and updates at nightingalempls.com. When you need legal assistance, let the Minnesota Lawyer and Referral Information Service help you find the right attorney. It's a new and enhanced program of the Hennepin and Ramsey County Bar Associations. They have professional, experienced referral counselors who can connect you to vetted attorneys practicing in employment, real estate, wills, taxes, and much more. Take the stress out of finding a lawyer. Call 612-752-6699 or go to mnlawyerreferral.org. The right call for the right lawyer. Better Futures Minnesota's Reuse Warehouse has big news. We have a brand new online store. Check out reusebfm.com. This is a great way to see what we carry in the Reuse Warehouse. Appliances, building materials, kitchen and bath fixtures, lighting, flooring, lumber, heating and cooling items. Don't miss the beautiful benches and COVID safety shields that are hand-built using reclaimed wood from our deconstruction projects. Check out ReuseBFM.com. That's ReuseBFM, as in Better Futures Minnesota.com. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show, where we've been going inward bound with Adrienne Jordan of the Prouty Project. She leads... All kinds of wonderful projects at Prouty Project. She does strategic planning and leadership development. And she's been sharing her year, her journey, her discoveries, the challenges, uh, and finding purpose throughout it all. So welcome, Adrian. We're so glad you're here. Are you I'm with- so happy to be here. Okay. <laughs> good. I had a moment there. You are with us. Great, great. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm here. <laughs> good, good. Okay, so we've talked about the discovery, the cancer, the treatment, the co-worker support, George Floyd, dealing with racism. And then this session, I'd really love to have you share about the personal parenting discoveries that were also part of this in looking at George Floyd and seeing your dad, seeing your uncle, seeing Mm -hmm. your family, and then seeing your daughter. Tell me what that was like. Yeah. So I, um, my grandfather, I just want to just say, and I tell this story all the time. My grandfather always used to read three newspapers a day. He lived in Washington, DC, and he would always tell us about, uh, the importance of knowing what's going on in your world, having an opinion about it, and being educated. And so that just has run through our whole entire family. And he worked two jobs, um, full-time jobs for 35 years. He would be a special ed teacher in the day, during the day at school, and then would um, come home, eat dinner, and go to the post office and work uh, a night shift at the post office 35 years. And was a Marine. He had his master's degree from Howard. I say all this to say he did all of that in spite of the systems that were in place to keep him from doing that. And so it's just as I go through the spring and the summer and think about my family and my dad, who was an awesome, wonderful person, died of pancreatic cancer a year, a, a year and a half ago. I actually had a chemo, had my first 
chemo session of a really tough chemo the day he died of cancer. So, uh, you know, life asks a lot of us sometimes. And so as I think, I just really started appreciating their story so much more, knowing how much more they had to fight to get to where they were. And it just, it boggled my mind. And as I get older, I just appreciate them. And I appreciate the prayers of my grandmothers who had eighth grade education because that was, of their time, that was their opportunity. And they did not, were not able to go further. And so to think of them um, looking down on me and just, and my family and my sisters and brother and just being so proud of us and, and just understanding what, what we're up against every day. And so um, as I think about my mom, and she has her master's in, in uh, secondary education, however, she chose to be a housewife and so was really there for us at all times. And so I think about this awesome family and and these values that we had growing up of, of really understanding your voice and having your opinion and working hard and all of those things in spite of what might be out there against you. And so I think about it as I have a 15-year-old daughter. Her name is Kennedy, and she is really, really a wonderful child. You know, a lot of people think, oh, my gosh, you have a teenager. And I don't think that about her because she is so lovely. And um, I think – and I share custody, so I have her half of the time. And then she's at her dad's the other half. And so really am able to cherish the time that I have with her and, and because of that, I don't see her every single day. And I, I think back about a speech she wrote in eighth grade a year and a half ago about Philando Castile and about how um, her innocence was shattered when she saw what happened because me and her father had really sheltered her from this idea of racism and how it could impact her and had really not talked to her about it quite yet in a way that um, would have set her up to be ready for Philando Castile. And so she wrote this beautiful speech and was able to deliver it to her school around the shattering of her innocence and, and, and thinking of, and understanding why and also what can she do about it? What can we all do knowing where we are and knowing that she might be, she may be, um, and in some places probably will be treated very differently because of the way she looks. And isn't that and, and, a, and isn't that really the heart of what you've experienced as well? Yeah. What do we need to do? And how how do we make those leaps? And how do yeah. we find that sense of purpose? Adrian, thank you so much for thank sharing you. today. Thank you. And I just want to do a shout out to the Prouty Project. Check them out. They do amazing work. Proudyproject.com. And they have an amazing a leader with Adrian. Adrian, thank you so much. I love you.